Welcome everyone to another issue of our Rebirth Afterbirth podcast. Um, this is Nova, and with me I have yet again Tap. <coughs> Sorry, yeah, I'm here. <laughs> He's, there. <laughs> He's there. Don't you worry, folks. This isn't just me by myself, because I guarantee that the internet would not let that happen. Um, so today we've got another pretty, pretty kosher week of Rebirth, I have to say. Um, and it is an Aquaman week, so let's start with the sexual entendre. Um, but today we're not starting wet. No. I thought we'd start dry <laughs> this week and talk about <laughs> dead men. <laughs> Ooh, yes. He is a ghost, so I figure he's got to be dry. Actually, I've always <laughs> wondered, do you think do you think ghosts are, if they pass you by, do you think they're... Do you think they could leave a little moistness or like? Well, yeah, because they're they're supposed to leave ectoplasm, right? Oh well, I guess it depends on what kind of ghost. Do you think if dead man? Do you think he would like if he left if he farted? Would that leave a little stink in the air as he flew by? I don't know if it'd leave a stink, but I think it would definitely shoot a little uh, green goo. Ooh. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we gotta <laughs> pitch an idea to DC. Um, see what they think about us basically destroying one of their characters. Um, so we've got Dark Mansion of Forbidden Love, number one. Written by Sarah Vaughn, who I hadn't heard of before this. I don't know about you. Nope, I have not either. Um, drawn by Lan Medina with colors by Jose Villarubia. I think Lan Medina did some fables, so I think I've seen his name before. But damn, is his art nice. Yes, it was uh it was gorgeous really. The whole book was just really well done. Even like the atmosphere and like the backgrounds yep. and stuff in the book were really well done. I was surprised cuz it's like a lot of detail. It's about this like it's got forbidden love in it and I'm just sort of I sort of take a step back when I see forbidden love cuz I think of some one of those books with like a naked like I figured like dead man would be like topless with like a girl just sort of he is sort of topless he does have like that v-cut fabio thing going on there it's his costume so they didn't take it down all the way and just have like who knows what's going to be on cover number two well when i hear forbidden love i think something else entirely well hey (laughs) it is a dc comic though so um but this is like surprising. I was sort of I was drawn into this. I felt I I read this on the airplane ride, and I just sort of felt like as soon as the issue finished, I looked around and I'm like, I'm actually on an airplane and not in this mansion with these people, watching this uh, stuff unfold. I was very drawn in, surprisingly. Yeah, and it was a fifty issue book too, and it read like quick. It was nice. Yeah. It um it's got I mean it it is dead man so it's got like that whole supernatural element too but basically it's about this chick um, whose name I don't remember but I figure she's British I don't know why uh, something about her just gives me a British vibe I just like to think people are British unless I'm told where it is did they, did did this say it's in America somewhere I don't believe no, they did but let's go with British <laughs> just because it's fun to read stuff in your head with a it British really accent is. I think it I think it's the way things should should be read all the time. Um, but she's sort of in this mansion with like her boyfriend, but at the same time she's interested in this like this lesbian feel. Like I, that that part sort of confused me. I thought that was another guy, but well, I think it's a transgender person. Yeah, that's what I figured. As well, I was a little confused at first, and then they're talking about Sam. I guess is the name of this person, and and this female says, "Oh yeah." they she refers to this same person as they um this is a little weird okay so the okay main character's name is berenice bernice bernice but yeah it's like, this, it's like this creepy love triangle mixed with like dead man fighting ghosts and only bernice can see ghosts and it's like yeah, I don't really care so much about the side story. I think just the sto- the story, like the love story part of it, I could really care less yeah. about. To be quite honest, the thing that really drew me in with the book, well, number one, the writing's really good. Even the it side is. story crap that I could care less about is still really good. Yeah. But what drew me in and made me really love this title is the the dead man stuff. Like how he's trapped man. in the house, he can't leave this house. Yeah. Like he got sucked in, he's now trapped, and there's like this black. Miss, it almost looks like the demons from Supernatural. 
um, you know, flying around in there. So it's it's interesting. I'm definitely. What is this gonna be a six issue? Is that right? Three, three issue. Three of these. Maybe that's why monsters. it's so long. Maybe that's why it's fifty pages. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And to be honest, I I really like the character of Boston Brand and Dead Man. Yeah. And I wish that he would have his own series because he's never really had his own book. He was in Justice League Dark, and then he makes random appearances in you know other like Hellblazer and Swamp Thing and whatever else. Like he makes like appearances, but he's never actually had his own title. Uh, well, Boston Brand hasn't had his own title, so I really think that they need to have. He's an interesting character, and I think you could do a lot of really cool stuff with it. Yeah, I don't know. I, know I I'm pretty sure there's been a Dead Man series. I don't know. If, I guess it, are you are you implying it wasn't Boston Brand? Yeah, there's another Dead Man series that ran for a little while, but it wasn't Boston Brand. Oh, okay. It was Brandon something or other. Brandon Boston. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're that clever. That's that's what they damn, came up with. Damn Brandon Boston. But yeah, I, I mean, this isn't like it's not like every other Rebirth book where it sort of keeps you. Especially the cliffhanger keeps you on the edge of your seat. It's just sort of... And since this is technically not a Rebirth yeah. title, I think it's three ninety nine rather than the two ninety nine. Yeah. But, I mean, you're still... I, I did enjoy it. I did enjoy it. I thought it was pretty good. And, I mean, I'll, I look forward to more since it's only... It is only three issues. Sorry about that. Well, I was like, what in the world? Thought we had another lurker with us on the on the horizon. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny? But yeah, um that was Dead Man. I I enjoyed it. I didn't even know it was coming out and was a pleasant surprise. Very pleasant surprise. I am a big fan of Dead Man. That made I was happy with it. So before okay, so you know what, we're not let's discuss some other titles that aren't official quote unquote rebirth titles, yeah. but are DC that are coming out this week. So one that I got super giddy about was He-Man meets the Thundercats. Holy crap, was that book good. Um, you have Freddie Williams II doing the art on it. Um, who wrote this? Something David. Rob David and Lloyd Goldfine did the writing uh, with Freddie E. Williams II doing the art. And the art is phenomenal. The way that Freddie E. Williams draws... I'm just going to call him Freddie from here on out because it's just too long to keep saying. Freddie, the way he draws is... Like, the way that he draws, like, like animal-type characters. Not human characters, but, like, the animal-type characters. Like, the Thundercats. When he did the Ninja Turtles with the Batman crossover. Things like that. His, like, animal characters are spot freaking on. They look phenomenal. I absolutely love the way that they look. His Lion-O on page one is just freaking incredible. Like, it looks like it stepped out in 1986. It's just, oh my god, it's wonderful. And the colorist, who did the coloring? Jeremy Caldwell did the coloring. He also deserves a ton of credit for this, because, holy cow, if the colors in this thing really, really make it pop. Yeah. Especially with the detail and Mumra and stuff. Oh my lord. Yeah, art was tight. The art was incredible. I'm just um this is like uh you can you can get all all jazzed about this. I was neither a He Man nor a Thundercats fan really, so this was well, because like, you're that's because you're a young buck. This is like what is going on? The art is so pretty and I wanna feel like I'm I'm part of this, but I'm I'm kinda not. But uh, it, it was still a pretty good read, even though I'm not like a. This isn't this doesn't add have the little nostalgia factor to it for me. Yeah. Okay. And then for the geeks out there that are He-Man fans, there's a panel where he or Prince Adam is walking through the castle, and you have all of these uh, He-Man characters kind of lined up um, along the way, watching him walk in, and it's 
every single He-Man character that you grew up with, like Ram Man and Orko and uh, Moss Man and who else is all in here? Obviously, Man at Arms and Tila and Cringer. Uh, some of these names I can't remember for the life of me because they were just sort of like, I don't even know if they were in the cartoon. I think they were just action figures that were created specifically, but like Manny Faces is in it. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just awesome. You go through and you look at this and you're just like, holy crap, I had this character and this character and that action figure and that action figure. It's, it's incredible. It literally looks like somebody walked into like my five-year-old bedroom and grabbed all my action figures and put them on a piece of paper. Like... Oh, it was awesome. I was like super, super, super giddy. Oh, it was wonderful. That's great. Yeah, Nova's like, I don't get <laughs> I, I, I don't mean to sound like like a douchebag, but that's cool. No, <laughs> you sound like... no because I, I, I know the feeling just because of Batman, TMNT. Um, just sort of like everything as a child that you sort of enjoyed just sort of coming together and... Making everything even better. But yeah, like yes. I said, just He-Man and, and Thundercats. Thundercats especially. He-Man, I still sort of... Uh, I, know I, I can make my way around that little universe, but Thundercats I'm completely oblivious to. So, Well, sir, you need to start reading. Yeah, I'll keep reading it. And then the... Vi well, you need to just start watching some Thundercats cartoons is what you need to do. Well... Even even our good buddy Rusty agrees. I'm telepathic right now, and I can feel Rusty saying, yes, yes, he must he must well, watch some Thundercats. I, well, I would wonder telepathically when the last time Rusty watched it, and if you would agree that it holds up by today's standards. I would say yes, I would because I actually... Know. Well, he may not know, but I recently watched it because I was showing it to my kids... So I've shown my kids He-Man, and I've shown my kids uh, Thundercats, and it still holds up, even for me. And my kids absolutely love it, too. They were like, Dad, I love all the cartoons from when you were a kid. I was like, I know, that's when cartoons were good. Not this crap nowadays that you guys watch. SpongeBob, SquarePants. Were you just using Sponge a hammer as a, a backscratcher? <laughs> I was. That's how I roll. That is just hardcore, man. <laughs> That's how I roll. All right. Well, um, so, yeah, anyway. Um, Apollo Midnighter. That Bam. was kind of hardcore. Talk about going in dry. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Ooh. Oh, my Lord. Oh, boy. Um, I feel like Rusty needs a beer after that joke. Jeez. I almost need a beer now. Yeah, Actually, you know um, what? I think I might leave you in a little bit and go get some beer. Is that okay? Can I do that? Good Lord. I'm kidding. Just, or am I? We to just tell <laughs> everyone how this works. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we get really drunk. No, oh I'm kidding. Oh my god! Enough to um, yeah. Um, Apollo Midnighter. It's just like uh, first of all, well written. It was. Yeah, I mean, it was. It was a good start. It, that's that's what this issue really was. Was a start to um, what should be a pretty promising miniseries, really. Um, so they introduced Mr. Bendix, for those of you that don't know. Uh, Y'all need to read up on some Stormwatch, because that's where he's from. Um, he was like... He was called the Weatherman before. I'm not going to give away what happened, but um, obviously if you read this, you know he's not a good guy anymore. But yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed it. I feel like Steve Orlando's sort of... I think he should just keep writing Midnighter in whatever way he can, because he really writes his character well. Um, as opposed to like some of the characters we're seeing in Night of the Monster Men. I would agree with that. I and I'm not very familiar with the Midnighter character at all. Uh, this was actually kind of one of my first experiences with Midnighter, and wow, yeah, no, the way he writes the character was absolutely phenomenal. I enjoyed the heck out of this book. Uh, there was a couple couple scenes that took me by surprise, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, but overall, it was a really, really solid book. I highly recommend it, um, especially if you were a Midnighter fan of the New 52. Uh, I think this is definitely right up your alley. Yeah. And, I mean, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. I thought the art had its moments. It also wasn't always very good, but um, it was still pretty interesting. Got a nice little cliffhanger there, too, with uh, Apollo in a place where he don't belong. But, yeah, um, 
this one this last one i'm very excited about because again i didn't know it was coming out i guess i've been sort of behind on my uh weekly releases but i guess it's cool as well because i get like that little burst of excitement when i open a publicity email and like oh look i didn't know death of hawkman number one was out this week yeah that's another fun title it really was yeah so that's written by uh mark and draco with art by aaron lapresti and colored by Brad Anderson. I think Aaron Lepresti, I remember that name from some like new 52 Detective Comics issues. His art's pretty tight. Very, yes. very misleading title, I think, on this issue. Um, extremely misleading, because <laughs> Hawkman really has absolutely nothing to like do with this title after the first two pages. Yeah. It's all about a character that, once again, I was not very familiar with, but I really enjoyed reading. Yeah, he's just sort of... Okay, so Adam Strange is, like, connected to Ran, uh, this planet Ran, and he's, like, built a life there, and he, he visits there every once in a while and acts and does heroic stuff, goes on adventures. That's basically what the character is. And they usually beam him up. It's sort of like whenever they want, they sort of just beam him up. Um, and I guess this whole issue is sort of him not being able to get beamed up there. And for those of you that don't know, Ran Thanagar... These are two different planets, Ran and Thanagar. They've never really been friends. There's been like an event called Ran Thanagar War and stuff like that. Um, and Thanagar happens to be where Hawkman. Well, this, this shit gets confusing because I mean, Hawkman's origin has been changed so many times. And you know, when Jeff Johns does it, he's both from Thanagar and the reincarnation of you know I forget the character's name, but some Egyptian god and. It just, they just, he's just a very confusing character. But yeah, this is basically Adam Strange just sort of going around doing some detective work. Um, I'm excited for it. I thought, I thought it was just like a, a neat little issue. It was a really quick read, I thought, too. It was a quick read, yes. And this one is also going to be another one of those miniseries, so it, it makes me wonder, since it's titled Death of Hawkman, yeah. uh, will Hawkman play a bigger part in number two? <laughs> I think so. I, well, I hope so. Because this was really all about Adam Strange, yeah. this issue, to be quite honest. I'm predicting that part two will be, how did Hawkman get involved in this thing? It'll be like the, the Hawkman equivalent of this issue. But all right, let's get into the meat and potatoes of Rebirth. Um... So I think we should start on a low note and sort of build up. I don't know if you're okay with that or not. Oh, yeah. If you want to start on a low note, My low we, already, note we already know what that is. is. Goddamn Justice League number six. How sad is that? <laughs> How sad is that? If How had... sad is it that I enjoyed Harley Quinn more than Dude, Justice League? <laughs> we should stop doing this. Um, it's sad. Come on. You agree. You it's... agree. Oh, well. You didn't the, read Harley Quinn, did the you? Possibility of you <laughs> bastard! You didn't read Harley Quinn! Yeah, I'm sure Green Arrow was tight too, but... <laughs> you son of a... You promised you were going to read those titles. no such thing, good sir. Maybe I'll read it really quick. I'll just get through it. You said um, you weren't going to drop a bomb on me. Oh, but the bomb has been dropped. I see a little... I see... Okay, we'll talk about Green Arrow in a sec. Anyway, um, what are we talking about? Uh, Justice, Justice League. League. You know how sad it is? I used to be, when New 52 was happening, it was like, Jeff Johns is writing Justice League. This is like the, this is the dream, guys. We're living the dream. We have Jeff Johns, one of the greatest writers on the planet, writing this amazing story. We have Darkseid in the first arc. What is happening? First arc came to an end with this Justice League, and Tap, you and I were both just ready to give up. Leave a flaming pile of shit on someone's doorstep. And this arc, um, they start off by fighting black spirals. It's like ink. It's sort of like ink flying around in the air. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good way to explain it. Um, and then, you know what? This is going to be spoilerful because there's really nothing to spoil. And what's ha what's this Flash and Jessica Cruz thing? What I don't know, but it, it it's annoying as hell it because and and the flat it's like the. It's like the DC cre like Brian Hitch is not talking to the other creators. He's not. He's just it's like he's doing his own thing, 
and he's like saying screw what everybody else is doing in their solo books this is what i'm doing in this book and it makes absolutely no sense so excuse me i have to keep telling myself that justice league is a uh, it may claim that it's a rebirth title but it takes place in a different universe like that's that's the only thing that makes any like sense a to this right now different universe where flash and jessica cruz are interested in one another yeah basically i mean it you could sort of blame it on this black ink thing that seems to have affected their emotions, but they like straight up go on a date. I don't, I was just, I was pretty annoyed by it because it doesn't make sense. Nope, not at all, especially when in his Flash of Solo series, he's uh, dating, was it Mina? Is that her name? Yeah. No. Well, yeah. Yeah, that was her name, he, yeah. Yeah, he's dating someone else completely in the Flash series and like, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he's cheating on her with Jessica Cruz? Like, what? This doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Either way, nothing really happened here. It was just sort of like this, oh, this black ink just made them all mad at each other. And guess what the next issue is called? Batman vs. Superman. Okay, well, get creative. before you go that far, there is one part of this that I was confused upon. All right. I don't know if you notice this panel. It's when Superman goes back home. He's like, sorry, guys, I have a family dinner to get to. And so all of a sudden it says the Kent farm. And then in the next panel, Superman is standing in the kitchen with Lois. And there's this shadow. Hold on, let me find dr- it. And it has like feet, like, like it's flying. Thing, right? Yeah, it's got like this alien Martian well, manhunter just... type feet. I can't figure out what it is. I figured that was just John playing with a toy. Oh, okay. I think I can they see that really now. They don't really extrapolate on that point, though. No, I can see it. You're right. Yeah. I Yeah, okay. Now that if you look at it, you can kind of see the arm. and the. Okay, they should have drawn it with more than just a black shadow, because that was confusing as hell. Honestly, when I first read this, I thought what happened was is that the black goo came home with Superman. Uh, and it was spying on Superman. They should play it off that way, really. Brian, hit your welcome. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. This was just, and I, I, I do have to say, I tried to come at this with a, with a positive spin, just because I was like, all right, maybe he just had this like, he he dug himself into a hole with that last arc, and he's just like, well, shh, I have to finish this now, um, and then he'd get back into it, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. And then you got Barry dating, going literally going on a date with Jessica, which yeah. is confusing to me. Yeah, that, that just ruined it right away for me. Three pages in, three, four pages in. Yeah. So, uh, you want to go out? And then there's like this Maybe anxiety like, thing. Like, oh, yeah. I didn't think you were actually going to show up. And like, then he like touches her hand and she like loses her shit. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. It's just gross. Um, anyway, moving on, good lord. Um, so that's the end of that story. While we're talking about Jessica <laughs> Cruz. Green Lantern's number eight. Yes. This was like a... Made a lot more sense than the other Jessica Cruz yes, story did. this week. And I like this because, um... <laughs> there's... So right at the start of the issue, it's sort of like a little Halloween thing going on. They're looking for this, uh... Well, what we, we call the Rusty Surfer Guardian of the Universe. <laughs> um, so they're looking for him and they're trick-or-treating at the same time. And you've got, like, Sarah's little kid, her son, running around in, like, this Flash costume. And um, I don't know. Sam is, doesn't seem like he's too, he's too happy about it. And Jessica's like, don't listen to your grumpy uncle. The Flash totally has the best costume of all time, which... I'm not guessing that's a connection to Justice League. It's definitely not. It's just Jessica really likes the costume. And the kid just running, he's like, that's a flash fact. <laughs> I just imagine the kid saying that. I was like, yeah, okay. Sounds like, like something my kid would a say. a little thing to say. Actually, my kid, speaking of flash costumes and Halloween, guess who my kid's going to be for Halloween this year? Aquaman? The Flash. Oh. No. Yeah. Whoops. He's actually we, we actually already ordered his costume and it's it's come in the mail and he's awesome. tried it on and like yep, Jay Garrick Flash with like the saucer helmet or No, no, uh, no. More of a Barry Allen flash. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm just I'm trying to be funny. Um Well that was a fail. <laughs> Excuse you. <laughs> 
The yeah. Aquaman was pretty good, so good good timing Thank on you. that one, though. I could tell by your lack of laughter. Um, so we got this, like, I guess his name's Rami, which takes away the fun. This, we're just going to call him Rusty. We're call him Rusty. Um, so Rusty, the guardian of the universe, uh, has his phantom ring. And he drops quite a bomb that, like, anyone can wear this thing no matter what. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty dangerous idea. And um, I guess we find out who these Devastators are as well. I think that's their name. Yep, like the these... Devastators. Now, I'm pretty sure I had read an article earlier this week that had a picture of the Devastators with Todd McFarlane's name by it. Really? So I'm going to just quickly um, consult my brain. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, let's see if my memory serves um <laughs> no i can't find it okay anyway uh, i'll turn my cyborg mode off <laughs> i think he did though it, it's just dominators like not devastators the dominators. dominators that's it Speaking of um, going in dry, they're the Dominators, and <laughs> um, they're basically coming after this ring. As you all can see, this this podcast starts at a at a dirty joke, and it will end on one as well. At a medium pace. Yeah. Um, so, what do you think of Jessica's constructs? Um, they're getting like better. Kisses. They're just they're like getting really, better. They're, well, here's what I don't get. Obviously, she can do baby constructs because when the kids are trick or treating and they come to their house, she makes a construct of like a werewolf looking thing to like scare the little kids when they go trick or treating at their door. Yeah. At the beginning, so obviously she can do like some little stuff, but apparently when it comes to big stuff, it's just Spirals. red. It's red rope licorice. There you go. We know what her sweet tooth is all about. Yeah. Nobody eat the red rope licorice. It has gone bad. <laughs> it's gone <laughs> green. Um, but yeah, that was like, it was a pretty solid issue. Yeah, no, I'm enjoying it a lot. Like I said, this was a slow burn. Uh, it took a few issues for me to get into it. But now that I, I'm officially into it, Sam Humphreys is spot on. And I'm really enjoying the Green yeah. Lanterns right now. Yeah, I'm excited for the next issue. Um so, have you ever been to Michigan? I have not, which is a sad, sad Deer state of affairs. Dearborn, cause, Michigan? Okay. Because I really want to go to Ann Arbor, Michigan. Mm. Mm. Interesting, interesting. Michigan Wolverines, baby. Interesting, interesting. Well, well let's see, what should we dive into here? How about we dive into some Harley Quinn? Oh, wait. You haven't read it. <laughs> All right. So just real quick on Harley Quinn, since there's really nothing to discuss since Nova didn't freaking read, read it. I'll read in the time. <clears throat> yeah. Well, this is going to be quick here. So uh, I will say this. As you guys know, we've been bashing Harley Quinn basically since day one. Uh, we said that really the only saving grace in this entire title has been Red Tool. Now, while that still holds true... This newest issue, Harley Quinn number five, is um, probably the best out of the five books that are currently out. Uh, number four, I couldn't even finish reading it, to be honest with you. I stopped reading number four halfway through and never looked back. I just, I couldn't get into it. Number five, I assumed was going to be the same way, but I kept pushing through, and it actually, number five was decent. It was a lot better than what I expected. And there's a lot of red tool in it, which probably helped. Um, there was some real good funny jokes and stuff in there with involving red tool and, and whatnot. But in this issue, it's all about Harley forming a punk band to try to go and take out this other punk band that's going around killing people. That's basically what it's about. Uh, it was fun, though. Overall, it was a fun title. It wasn't my favorite, but it was better than Justice League this week, so that says something. Ooh. Ooh, burn. Uh, but yeah, so anyways, if you're a Harley Quinn fan, you're probably going to love it. If you're not a Harley Quinn fan, you're don't buy it. You, there's no reason to. Um, but if you're a Harley Quinn fan, even if I sit here and bash it all day, you're still going to buy it anyway. So my overall opinion on it was it's the best of the series, and it was probably mostly thanks to Red Tool. Yeah, 
So, listeners, you do you. All right, so now we're going to jump into another book that Nova hasn't read because he doesn't do his it. homework. Oh, I just read it. <laughs> he read it in the three seconds During that I was review. discussing Harley Quinn. Um, Green Arrow and number eight. So now, cover. this is this is the start of a brand new arc for the, Green Arrow. The cover has me wondering where Ollie's hand is reaching to. <laughs> Mm, the mountain's blocking it. Yeah, he's doing. Somebody's well. pitching a mountain. Oh, anyway. But I'm bum. Um, so uh, so get, it starts did, off with. How did Ollie get oh? to this forest? You tell me. I'm not entirely sure. All right. Well, there's that plot point. <laughs> no, the thing is, is that we read so. As you know, Nova, we read so many of these books every single week. I my brain isn't like the most the most memorable okay i i don't always remember everything so i very well could have read it and i just don't recall uh i remember them blowing up the big ocean prison thing that was going on and oz or ollie lost all the billions of dollars and all that so i don't know if maybe they washed up on shore when that thing exploded mm. i am because i am a little confused by that because it starts off it almost it almost felt like green arrow year one all over again is how it kind of started off and then, uh, I mean, the whole thing's like a just a little sex vacation for Ollie and Dinah when it comes. Well, to yeah, Ollie. because then Dinah shows up. She's not even there at first. Ollie thinks he's on this island by himself, and then Dinah shows up, and he thinks that she's a mirage, and it turns out like no, she's really there. I mean, and so yeah, it's basically sexy time for Dinah and Green Arrow. Well, maybe uh, she's for there. half the issue. Maybe he thinks she's there. Who knows? This may be like the long. Well, because then maybe because the other thing is too is that John Diggle's there, yeah. but you don't That's see true. you don't see Ollie or Dinah either one interact with Diggle because Diggle's hanging out roasting a fish. That was cool, and he's fighting like a bear. What a bear! It's a well. It's not just a bear, dude. It's a it's a robot bear. Ooh, that's true. That is true. He goes to like stab it, and he goes, "Oh crap, your metal." It just like carries him into. Uh... Yeah, it carries lab. him like a little baby cub into this lab, and then you see this like chick with a half-eaten half two-face. It's basically a woman two-face. Yeah. Look, yeah. Um, and then Ozzy's like, you know, Ozzie. I keep saying Ozzy. That's my dog's name. I keep saying Ozzy. Yeah. Ollie uh, says, this is what I need to do to clear my name. And then she's like, no, let's go have more sexy time on the beach. So then there's that. Uh, so after all the sexy time that happens on the beach and Ollie offends Dinah a whole bunch of different times, uh, they realize that Digger, 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 Diggle has been, (laughs) I can't talk today. This is the beer aspect of the podcast. Yeah, something. Diggle has been captured and now they're hunting together. Dinah and, uh, Ollie are hunting together to try to go find Diggle. So while it is a, it was a good read. I'm not trying to knock it or anything, but there was a lot of sexy time on the beach. Um, yeah, it's, like it's really movie. probably half or three fourths of the of the book was just sexy time on the beach. Yeah. So Speaking then of oh, go on. Oh, I was gonna say, go, well, where'd you want to jump to? I wanted to say, speaking of sexy times on the beach, Superman number eight, Superman and John. No. <laughs> Please. No, let's not. That's, uh, I mean, we can joke. talk about the book. I mean, we can, we can joke, talk about right? the book. These are all a joke. Of course nothing happens. They start off at this Arctic Circle for crying out loud tap. Um, I know where they start Don't out. T- it's, it's just what you're... a joke, but then they end up on the beach. Uh-huh. But it's not where you think it's going. There's a shark that attacks them. I mean, this issue was... Now, here's the thing is you... You had read an article, apparently. Word on the street is. Word on the street. An, that you had read an article about this next arc. Um, that I guess Tomasi had spoken to news media folks about um, them basically doing like an homage arc to Darwin Cook. That like is that. correct. I, that is I did, correct. I hadn't known that. So I was reading this. I'm like, all right, cool. So they're like fighting dinosaurs and pterodactyls and all this wicked awesome stuff and because well they're on dinosaur island right all because of john's stupid science experiment he just had to make this crazy dimension jumping thing he created his like little boom tube yeah but 
I saw it. it I, 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 I honestly didn't know. And it just made me so happy when I got to the end of it, seeing like this is the story of the losers, which I do remember from the, the very first, the start of the New Frontier uh, storyline. And I will say, we've got Doug Monke back on, on pencil work, and he is just spot on. Mm-hmm, I really mm-hmm, did mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. his uh, his drawings. His drawings yeah, were nice. He, he makes uh, Superman look cool. He makes nice pictures. With pencils and With ink. With pencils and stuff. And then you got this... What's the gentleman's name who did the colors here? I'm going to edit this out, but not really. <laughs> Um, so it is Will Quintar- Quint- Quintana. Great, uh, uh, the the coloring is really good, and it just it completely adds to uh, Doug Monkey's work. But I, I really like the issue. I thought it was fun. It's just like w- a wacky adventure for uh, uh, Superman, the dad, and John the Superboy. Yeah, it's father son building time. Yeah. Is is really what it is. Um, and some of the puns were pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I don't want to spoil any of the yeah. puns, but some of the puns were pretty good. Poor crypto. So, yeah, poor, poor, poor crypto. crypto. But yeah, um, it was a fun time. Yeah, no, overall it's really good. It's going to be exciting to kind of see what happens in, uh, in the future. Because I think this is probably going to run for three or four issues, I believe, right? I don't know. I think this arc, yeah, I think this arc's like three, maybe four issues. So it'll definitely be interesting to see how it goes. It was a lot of fun, and I think it is a really cool way to pay homage to Darwin Cook. So um, I know Nova was really, really, really excited about it. Yeah. Even though you can't tell right now. Um, He was actually very excited. He was almost offended by the fact that I was already aware that it was a Darwin yeah. But then I guess, you know, with the internet these days, they you know everything before you know it. So there is that. Yes, uh, sir. Right. What don't we know about? What don't we know about? Yeah. We don't know about so Cyborg. Segue into it. Okay. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, you could have taken it to any book, really, when it comes yeah, down to it. Yeah, you could have. <laughs> you really could have. <laughs> Um, but no, Cyborg, uh, once again, Cyborg's strong, man. I really like Cyborg. Last issue, I got super giddy at the end when they introduced Kilgore. And this issue, it's just basically an entire issue of Cyborg fighting Kilgore is all it is. And it's, it's a lot of fun and it leaves you with a really, really big cliffhanger. That was insane. Yeah, there's a really big cliffhanger on that one. And once again, the puns were good. There's a couple funny yeah. puns in this one as well. So, I will say it was a, uh, pardon my French, a gosh darn wordy issue. It was a little bit wordy, it's but that's because Kilgore is an AI. He likes to talk. He likes to jab. He likes to jab a jaw. Jab a jaw. But yeah, art was tight. Um, I'm interested to see where this goes. This whole this seems like a grand thing, grand arc. I will say, um, Cyborg does lay down a smackdown. He's pretty cool. I like him. I'm liking him more and more. Yes, I agree. Uh, he's normally a character that I'm not like. Oh, I want to read all about Cyborg, but I'm at, I'm really enjoying this arc. And I was kind of reading this issue, and I'm like, oh, this is a lot of fun. And then the end happens, and I went, oh, snap, I did not see that one coming. I probably should have, but I didn't. What if it's like a double twist? A double twisty twist? Somehow, some way. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I don't know. I'm pretty pretty excited to see what happens with uh, Cyborg in the future. Now, lame characters becoming cool reminds me of Aquaman. Ooh, nice segue. I agree with you, sir. I agree with you. Now, this issue was uh, pretty Interesting. Um, So, last issue we left off with, like, Black Manta unleashing this sort of underwater swamp thing slash... um, Yeah, that's really just... It's kind of brown. Clayface. Clayface, yeah. (laughs) Clayface is a thing thing. And swamp thing thing. Um, And it's coming. Mm -hmm. It's coming for Atlantis. And now they introduce this stuttering, what's his name? Kai. This stuttering guy of Atlantis. 
He's the, the only The stutterer stu- of Atlantis. The Atlantean stutterer. <laughs> that <laughs> should be his name. Um, what is your role in the royal army? I, yeah. sir, am the Atlantean stutterer. I I tell orders much slower than I than anyone else <laughs> would. <laughs> I don't know how I have this job. But we are not making fun of people with stutters. No, it is all. a real thing. And um, we're just making fun of the Atlantean one. Yes. Just because he does say something fun. There's a lot of sexual jokes in this issue. Because they're like, oh, she had... Because... Uh, Mera's not from uh, Atlantis. She's from this place called Zebel, which was like this. They sort of had problems with Atlantis, and she has to go to this weird, like, abstinence training. She has to become, like, the equivalent of... Basically a nun, almost. Yeah. And the Kai guy's like, oh, her months of training. And Aquaman's like, months? And they just have this panel of them both staring at each other. He's yeah, because like, she has yeah. to go through all of this before they can get married. Yeah. And, and Aquaman, I think, was under the impression that it was going to be over here fairly quickly. Yeah. And the 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 Kai Stutterer Kai, he says, "I want you, you. You may want to speak with the elder." And Aquaman's like, "I definitely want to speak with the elder." <laughs> <It's> <laughs> Um, now, you come later on, and you see this big monster, and they call it the Shaggy Man. Yes. I'm sorry, but this dude looks straight up like Sasquatch. He does. And I had I did some research before this podcast. Oh, nice. And the Shaggy cause... Man is actually nothing to do with Scooby-Doo. He is from 1966, debuted in JLA. Justice League of America. Really? Yeah. And as can he all, breathe underwater? Because apparently, all, he, I guess so. And as we all know, Sasquatch from Marvel debuted in. Do you know when? I have no idea. Well, I'm gonna tell you. I'm just gonna think about it for one second. But anyway, um, yeah. So they sort of rip off, I guess, this like little muddy exterior. 1979 is the Sasquatch debut. Um, and it is uh, it is Shaggy Man, and apparently he's taken down down the JLA solo, which is pretty impressive. But I guess if it was in 1966, it was like a pretty. It lame was Golly G Williker Superman. Yeah. Oh, don't I can't punch him too hard. <laughs> um, we don't want to hurt the enemy. It's this like massive fight scene, and then we find out oh he's going he's going for your home, Aquaman. The surface land. Yeah, Misty Bay. And that was the end of that. It was pretty good. It'll I'm I'm sure it'll pick up. Yes, but, I would agree. But we are left off with Night of the Monster Men, which yep, we in my have... opinion reigns this week as the comic event with the worst covers. Oh, okay. I was like, where are you going? Week. I was good like, where Lord. are you going with this? Because these weren't that good. I'm I mean, at, they weren't bad, but they I'm weren't that good. Batman number eight cover. Yep. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, it is not very nice. Um, it's sort of, this is like a little popcorn arc, really. That's what it comes down to. It's just sort of like cool Batman tech. I think people are just wanting to get Steve Orlando's name out there before yeah. he kicks in with the JLA. So people can be like, oh, I know who Steve Orlando is. He wrote Night of the Monster Men or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I definitely don't think this is like his greatest yeah. work. Uh, it's just an interesting arc, I guess. I will there, say out of the two, because you have yeah. Batman and then you have Nightwing. Nightwing. And I will say out of the two books... Nightwing was the better of the two this week. Well, I will say Batman had one moment that had me a little fanboyish. Oh, he's talking to Gotham Girl as she's a monster because her and Nightwing are now monsters, and he's sort of just talking to her. He's like, "Oh, I promise this, this we won't let you die like your brother did." And you see these people gathering behind him, so it's like flashing between him and and Gotham Girl. And then I remembered, I'm like. Oh, Clayface had broken up into like a Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And then it's just like Mr. Carlo, and you see this freaking sweet Batman suit form around him. Like, it basically awesome. it basically looks like uh the Dark Knight Rises yeah. uh or the Dark Knight Returns, Returns I'm sorry, yeah. the Dark Knight Returns suit. Uh where instead of lead armor, it's Clayface. It was, that uh, was cool. 
but yeah, no, that was actually pretty pretty dope. I enjoyed that. Now, did you notice that the bat symbol? This is the one thing I noticed about that. The bat symbol, even the bat symbol formed on Clayface, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, but did you notice that that bat symbol is strikingly familiar to? Maybe it's just me, but I just felt like it looked a lot like Batman Beyond almost. A little bit. It looked like a cross between like the current. Yes. Okay, well let me let me rephrase because when you first see the bat symbol forming it does it looks like the current bat symbol but then when they do like the full body shot of clayface batman yeah it definitely looks it comes up a lot higher and it definitely looks more batman beyondish it's the bat clayman the yeah Batman symbol i like how they drew like little tiny bat ears too i thought that was pretty yeah. clever that was uh the one redeeming quality and basically you've got Spoiler spoiler, and um, Orphan are doing the same thing they were doing last issue. They're sort of just getting rid of this infection. And um, Duke has joined the scene now. Uh, yes, sir. Duke, Duke actually Duke saves the day. Yeah. He's, um, he's curing folks. But, yeah, it's just, um, yeah, it is, it is a, it's a popcorn arc, really. That's it's what it comes down to. Now, the one thing that I will say about this is, once again, I don't think artists are communicating with one another. So, pay attention to the end of Batman and the way that Gotham Girl, okay? Yep. Now, as we dive into Nightwing, which is basically the next issue in the same arc, Yeah. look at Gotham Girl in this issue compared to how she looked in uh, Batman. She's got the skirt back. And she's wearing a mask all of a sudden. Good God. You and I right, go, sir. I go, oh, where did... Because I literally read these books back to back, which is why I caught it. But yeah, she's wearing a mask. She's got pants on in Batman, and she's not got, anymore. She's got the skirt back on in Nightwing. Correct. And the mask, and she's not all like torn to shreds and, right and whatnot. And I went, uh, did she have an extra mask somewhere? Like, what the exactly. heck happened here? Crew. Well, there was... I will say there was a funny part with Nightwing because Nightwing doesn't have a mask because, well, he turned into oh, yeah. a monster. That's and then cool. all of a sudden later on, he's wearing a mask again. And so somebody even kind of... So I thought that part was pretty funny that somebody called him out on it and they said, oh, I see you have a mask. I think that, <laughs> like, was, the, I think that was the Tim Seeley touch. So that was well done. I thought that was pretty funny. But I was like just thinking to myself, why couldn't you have done that with Gotham Girl? It at least would have made a little bit more sense. And okay, so I I read this a while ago, but these Wayne watchtowers are they just like big flashlights? I mean, that's all I got that's, out of it. That's what I got from it. Yes, they're just really strong flashlights that take out the entire city's electrical grid in order to flash a beam of light that seemingly did nothing. But I will say, Nightwing did have an interesting uh, cliffhanger. I didn't see Hugo Strange going there. Um, no, I, not I at all. Working out, but I didn't think that's the direction he was going in. And, well, he's uh, not just working out; he's juicing on some oh, venom as well. Course, yeah. So he's, he's on the venom. Not the he's on that venom, venomish. Venom. Yeah, I mean, we we the got the Bane end coming. Venom. We got the end coming next week. Now I'm just gonna. Did you see how he was? I don't want to reveal anything, but did you see how he was dressing up yeah. at the end? I thought. Hmm. Interesting. So I'm hoping that like the big reveal, because like you said, the the I think the next issue is in Detective Comics, and then that's it. Um, I'm I'm really wanting to see like how it plays out. I'm I'm hoping that it has like this really awesome, you know, grandiose ending yeah. where like it it just crescendos and just yeah, and you're just it, blown away. Yeah, I hope it doesn't just go out like a little fart. <laughs> like sheets. justice like justice league five yeah just like a little that's a little one of those just sort of shoots out a little water <laughs> i want this to be one of those farts where you you know when you sneeze and you just fart at the same time and it's like oh shit everyone heard that over my sneeze it's insane <laughs> i just want it to be one of those and i think i might have uh, wet myself a little oh well that is um more about that in uh, Fork Found Review. <laughs> Fork Found Movie Review. <laughs> was, uh, so, yeah. Shaming, uh, 
I think that's I think that is all that we have for rebirth though in DC this week. Absolutely, and next week will be very good. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to next week for you listeners out there. You losers is next week for us. It's in two days. No, I'm just kidding. That's not nice. Um, But it will be a good week, I think. Yep. Nope. I'm looking forward to it. So yeah, stay yeah. tuned. Be sure you guys are checking out all the different rebirth titles. Hopefully, we can uh, we're we're assisting you in some way, shape, or form as to what issues you're buying and or just being a creative, fun little outlet for you at work. Yes. One uh, one thing I should mention: we didn't talk about um, Shade, the Changing Girl, which I oh no, we did week, not. But for those of you interested, um, is a young animal title. I will be picking it up asap i'm very excited for it yes so nova can maybe do a little solo next week or something he can throw something in there i'll drop the bomb on him and say hey i haven't read it you're on your own oh we have all-star batman next week as well please don't drop the bomb on that and just have me sort of rambling on (laughs) we'll have to see what happens sir but yeah so until next week be sure that you guys are checking out us uh, every Saturday, this upcoming Saturday. Who do we have on the podcast this upcoming Saturday? Someone cool. Someone cool. Hey, I'm going to use my telepathic abilities. I'm going to channel my inner Rusty. Maybe he can tell us who's coming on to the podcast this week. Insert audio clip here, maybe. No. We're all, at a, we're all at a loss for words. We do so many interviews, I can't keep track yeah, of who's coming out when. Exactly. Kyle Hester, maybe? The actor, Kyle Hester? It's possible. I believe it might be Kyle Hester. He's an indie actor. Really fun guy to talk to. Um, So, yeah, be sure to check us out. Anyways, follow us on Twitter at the number four guys in a comic. You can also email us at fourguysinacomic at AOL.com. And hit us up on Facebook. So, until then, the power is yours. You stay classy, Internet.